Well, turn in your Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 6. And I'd like to, as we go to the Lord in prayer and as we open up this time of testimonies, I'd like to begin by reading just a couple of scripture passages. Again, uh, this Sunday is a unique, a bit, a bit unique in that we are hearing some testimonies from our people. Uh, so we're taking a quick break from the book of Jonah. We'll be back in that after the camp out. Uh, but Matthew chapter 6, and, and I'd like to start uh, reading in verse 19 and 24 through 24, and then we'll actually go back and pick up Matthew chapter 5, and I'll read verses 14 through 16, and uh, I'll read that. Uh, we'll have the pastoral prayer, and then we'll set the stage for the uh, testimonies themselves. But Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Jesus uh, spoke these words, as you'll remember, as we studied the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin or rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, and if your eyes are healthy, your, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you, have, either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And now let's flip back to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Just turn a page back or so. Matthew chapter 5. I'll go ahead and start in verse 13. Jesus again said, you, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone, to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Would you go to the Lord in prayer with me? Father, uh, Lord, we, we call out, we cry out to you because we know that you are the one true God, that you are the one, the all-powerful, all-knowing. Um, you are the one who is sovereign over everything, every aspect of our lives. God, you reign over that. God, and we thank you that you, through Jesus Christ, allow us to come into your throne room in this way through prayer. And God, we do come before you uh, 
this morning admitting that uh, there have been times this past week where our focus and our priorities have not been correct. They have been misguided and we have allowed our hearts uh, to pursue selfish gain. Father, that where we have sought to even use and manipulate other people for purposes that are um, selfish for our own selves. God, we admit this week that we have wasted time. That we have lost time that we could have been investing in eternal in eternal matters. And so, God, this morning we come and admit that and we confess those sins and we ask, God, that you would forgive us of that. And we do confess with confidence, not in ourselves, but in the work of Jesus Christ there on the cross. And so, Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. God, I, I pray this morning for the people of Florida who this week have experienced a devastating hurricane. And God, even others along the coast uh, where the storm uh, continues to make its way across land. God, um, Father, we just pray for those believers, especially in those areas, to, uh, to rise to the top. And Lord, that they would uh, be your hands and feet in this time of, of loss. God, we pray especially for those who have lost loved ones. We ask that they would turn to you for that comfort that only you can provide them. Father, we also uh, think of those here closer to home within our church body who are experiencing hardship. We pray especially for Bill Clark and the continued treatment that he is going through for his chronic leukemia that he's experiencing. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen his body. Help us as a church family to reach out to Bill, to be intentional in sending him messages of encouragement and praying for him. God, we look forward to when Bill is able to be back with us in person here. Father, we're thankful for the good report regarding Margaret Sexton's surgery and, that, and her cancer. God, we are grateful for your hand of healing and just pray that she would continue uh, to heal. Uh, Father, we pray that through this she would be a testimony to those doctors and nurses, to others who ask her how her cancer is going and God, that she can declare your goodness and your faithfulness to her through this. Father, I know there are some uh, we have loved ones also whom we're concerned about, I think, especially of John and Yana Bean and the great concern that uh, they have for Yana's sister Annie and Annie's daughter Katie also. Father, both experiencing cancer and going through great difficulty and trials. Lord, we're thankful that both of those women uh, trust in you and are your daughters. Uh, God, our prayer is for healing um, I know both of them 
uh, are testimonies of your faithfulness to them. And so, God, we just pray that they would use this opportunity, this trial, to, um, to glorify you and that people would come to know you through this time and through their, through their testimony, God, that you would use that. Father, uh, we are thankful for uh, this morning and these testimonies which we will hear. And what a blessing it is as a church family uh, that we are able to be encouraged by these testimonies. And so, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would, uh, would use these words, would use these stories to encourage our hearts and to also embolden us uh, to go and do the same, God, that we would continue to step into good works, that we would be men and women, uh, boys and girls who are filled with great intention uh, to, to love our neighbors, to, to prioritize the eternal, God, that we would um, be the light of the world that you allow us to be, that you've called us to be, and that we would glorify you through it all. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I read uh, just a few moments ago there from Matthew chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 5. And, and if you'll remember, if you've been here, if you were there here with our church during the spring and the summer months, you'll remember we were traveling through the Sermon on the Mount. And, and we discussed, and, and, I, and in fact, it was back in the middle of May that I preached over some of those passages, and we really, we kind of kicked off a summer emphasis in that, summer, in that summer emphasis, really the focus, some of the questions that I asked as we kicked off the emphasis of a summer of good works was asking questions like, what are you giving your life to? Right? Or, or, or what is it that you value the most in your life? We came to understand that each of us are going to live for something. Each of us are going to live with some purpose. Each of us will live with some goal in mind. Each of us have some type of an ambition that we're pursuing. And I think we all know that we, we are offered many options when it comes to what we're pursuing and what we value, right? how we live and where we focus our lives. And, and really, when you break it down, uh, we, we come to understand that, that all of the values, all of our pursuits, all of our ambitions fall in one of two categories. That either we're living for the things of this temporary world, or we're living for the eternal kingdom. All of our efforts, all of our activities, they fall into one of those two categories. We read there that Jesus instructed us, he instructed us to live for the eternal kingdom. That we should be living with a single mindset on his, his heavenly kingdom, that we can't serve two masters. And so over this past summer, as a church family, we focused our efforts on the theme of a summer of good works, really coming out of that, that verse there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, where we're told that in the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And the summer of good works was the expression, it was the application of our study through the Sermon on the Mount. And through the summer of good works, we were challenged 
to be more intentional in stepping into opportunities of good works. Why? So that the world can, can say good things about us? No. So that the world can see our Heavenly Father. And that they would come to that point of glorifying our Heavenly Father. Well, this morning, if you have, if you have a bulletin there, you, you can follow along and you can make sure that we get it all in the right order. We've got the names of those listed who are going to be sharing this morning some different testimonies of some of the good works. Now, again, like when Denise comes up here, I mean, she's the last, she's the last person that you would ever think that's going to come up here and try to toot her own horn. Uh, but instead, Denise is coming up here to share with us as a church family of how, how she stepped into this opportunity and how God has worked through it. And these other individuals, right? We're going to hear from Marcella, who went to the Dominican Republic. We're going to fly to Vietnam via Randy Ailes' testimony. And we've got Yana and Ann and Bill Reynolds. And then at the end, near the end, we have Daniel Sexton, who's going to be uh, via a recorded video, uh, who's going to share about his summer of serving at Big Creek. And so I want to just go ahead and invite Denise uh, Sales to come on up here, Denise. And Denise will be able to share with us uh, about the summer of good works or a good work that she uh, stepped into and how God challenged her through that. So go ahead and let's give Denise a warm welcome, shall we? Get my eyeballs on. Um, well, I was encouraged by the Summer of Good Works initiative because I love to serve, so that was easy for me to want to get involved somehow. Um, I began to think of what I might like to do, and instantly I thought of the homeless bags that you see on Pinterest. They've been around a long time, so there's nothing new there, but I had never had the opportunity to do them, so I thought this was my chance. Well, my whole adult life, I have struggled with what to do about people who are begging on the side of the road. I wanted to give in some way, but I never really knew what to do. Um, there were times that I would give some money, but I knew this probably wasn't the best thing. Um, sometimes I would get an extra breakfast sandwich, or if I had been to the grocery store, um, I would give them some food, but I just never really knew what was the best thing to do. And sadly, most of the time I would just white knuckle it on the steering wheel and stare straight ahead until the light turned green. I just didn't know what else to do. Um, so the bags were the first thing that came to mind. Um, it was very easy to apply for the church grant. I went on the website and did that. And then I started calling some local hotels and asking if they would like to donate some hygiene products. Um, and very graciously, too, um, offered to do just that. So I got my daughter and my granddaughter and I, and we got in the car and we uh, went to gather the things they had offered. And the last hotel that we went to, we were blown away. I mean, they brought boxes and boxes out. They, there were like a gross of everything. Um, shampoo, toothpaste, toothbrushes, mouthwash, everything. Um, so I was really pleased that my granddaughter got to witness that and see that in action. Um, I brought everything home, and I started a pile in my dining room, and uh, with the $250 grant that the church had provided, I bought food and socks and water. The Dills donated um, New Testaments and tracts, so we were able to put that in the bags. 
um, we labeled the water bottles with the scripture verse, uh, but if anyone who drinks of the water I give them will never be thirsty. In fact, the water I give them will become a spring of water in them. It will flow up into eternal life. And on the hygiene packets, we put these verses. Take away my sin, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all the wrong things we have done. Um, we also created some fun little scripture things that just let people know why they need Jesus. All the verses that explain in lifesaver form, something yummy, um, why we need Jesus as our Savior. <clears throat> so we got together as a small group, and we put the bags together. We ate some chips and salsa and had a lot of fun in the process. Um, I believe we made 80 bags altogether. And I have been very blessed passing these bags out. I mean, I love it, and I'll probably end up making more when they're all gone. Uh, once I was downtown, and I was stopped at a red light, and I rolled down my window and handed a bag to a gentleman. And he was so happy, and he looked at me and he said, could I have another one for my friend? And my friend, who I hadn't seen in 30 years, was in town visiting me. Uh, she quickly reached into the back seat and grabbed another one to give him. So I was thrilled that she got to participate in that as well. I shook his hand as we drove away. Sometimes if the light is green, I'll slow down just enough to stick my arm out the window and hold a bag and they'll grab it. And I always tell them to have a good day. Um, another time I handed a bag to a lady and as she was looking at the contents, I said, you know, God loves you just the way you are. And she looked at me as if to say, but you don't know what I'm like. And I said, but he does. He loves you just the way you are. And yes, he wants more for her. He wants her to know the Lord. He wants her to know Jesus as her Savior. But he loved us while we were yet sinners. So he loves her just the way she is today. Um, we all have things in our lives that we don't want anyone else to know about. We're all sinners. The only difference between us and them is we know Jesus and they probably don't. We're all the same in so many ways. So now, instead of white-knuckling it, and staring straight ahead like a deer in the headlights, I have a reason to roll down my window and make contact, brief, simple contact, just to give a word of encouragement and share a little bit of truth. I have seen fruit in handing out these bags. The individuals that receive the bags are blessed, and I know that they have a few items of comfort and some food, but also my friends and family who have been with me and been able to participate have been impacted as well. I am humbled and overjoyed to hand out these bags because I know inside there is more than just some snacks and a toothbrush. Inside is the answer they probably don't know they need yet. These bags point them to Jesus and show them how to find him, for he alone is their bread and their water and their answer. So now I see them. I used to see a problem that I wished would go away, but now I see a person. I don't even care how they got there. That is not for me to know. But what I can do is extend an arm of compassion with the simple life-changing truth that no matter how they got there, God still loves and wants them. Hello, good morning. Um, so over the summer, my family and I served in the Dominican Republic with an organization called Go Ministries. 
I chose this organization because I knew of someone that served with Go Ministries in the past, and this person would go for one week every summer and do a basketball camp. And when his son was 10, his son was able to go in with his father and serve at the basketball camp alongside his father. And so I thought that was really cool that people as young as 10 were able to do mission trips. And I also like the idea that serving through sports, um, the idea of serving to, through sports, because that's something that I think a lot of young people feel comfortable doing and they feel like they can serve in that way. Um, and that's what attracted me to that organization. Uh, so Go Ministries hosts weekly teams in the Dominican Republic. And so church groups go to the Dominican Republic and they serve there for a week. Um, so during this week, many people that serve are changed. And then, and it's not even uncommon that some of them would be baptized or would have like a, a new spiritual revival um, at the end of their mission week. Um, my family and I were impacted by our time there, um, and I'll share that in a moment, but first let me tell you how people being served are being transformed by the love and generosity of the people that are serving them. Um, many of them have come to know Christ because of that. And this, so this is one of the teams that, um, that went down there to serve for a week, and we got to work with them. Um, and then the next picture is Luna. She's, we were painting a house. We actually painted a lot of houses in that area. So um, after we painted the houses in this area, we prayed for the woman whose house it was in her kind of like little neighborhood. And um, she was connected with a church near, in her area near her house. And then the next picture is Gabriel passing a bucket of cement that we mixed so that this woman who had been hosting a Bible study in her house could have a cement floor. Um, she had a small house with a dirt floor. And so we don't know exactly how, like what the follow-up on their spiritual journey, the people that we served, um, but we do know that there are a lot of people who that have been served that have gone to church then after that and began to follow Jesus Christ and some people were baptized and they were just so moved um, by the mission work that people were doing the DR. Um, so I believe our work made a kingdom impact even if I don't know the details of that impact. Um, while a team is in the Dominican Republic they do um, daily devotions and they have like time with their group and they have a group leader from Go Ministries. And the devotions are an important part because the groups are not just serving, but they're also reflecting and they're growing their faith, all within the context of helping people and serving. Um, and this year's devotional was all about discipleship. If some of you remember, we had a, a, a sermon series on discipleship here. Um, what was cool in the DR is that I was able to see with my eyes and experience how to embrace discipleship. Um, there within that ministry, there are so many people discipling. It is such a big part of the culture that it's used in their language. Words like apprentice and mentor. For example, after being there just like a day, I began a conversation with the driver of the van that we were in. And when he introduced himself, he told me who apprenticed him 
who apprenticed that person and then who his apprentice is. Um, and it was very interesting to hear people talk this way. I was like, apprentice? Am I hearing that word right? Um, everyone has an apprentice, not just the pastor, the welcome person, the media person, associate pastor, and it seemed like everyone was mentoring. The Dominican women who cooked our meals always brought with them a young person, a niece or a cousin that was um, helping them in learning that job. Um, one example of discipleship that we personally witnessed was that of Andy and Choo Choo. Um, so uh, the younger one is Choo Choo. He is, I think he was 12, Gabe, was that right? 11? And, um, and this is Andy right next to Ignacio. So Andy uh, is a believer, and he invited the other boy that's about his age, Justin, from his baseball team. He invited him to um, start following him in Jesus Christ, and he shared the gospel with him. And they hang out all the time. It had only been like one or two months, and, and he was already like all in following um, Jesus and doing good works with uh, Justin. Justin befriended the young boy, Choo Choo. He saw Choo Choo um, around in the neighborhood out late at night. Um, he was running around with a really rough group of people. His parents were not involved in his life, and he was basically a street kid. Um, and basically, he became his friend, and then he invited him in to study the word with him, shared the gospel with him, and he began to mentor him. And now Choo Choo studies the word with Andy, spends most of his time at Andy's house, and hangs out with Andy all the time. His whole life has been changed from being a kid on the street just running around. So since discipleship was all around me in the DR, it didn't seem that scary. And I realized if Andy can do it, I think Andy was like 18, um, I could disciple someone also. Um, and lastly, there's one quote that I just wanted to leave with you that I heard during my time with Go Ministries. When you plant churches, you sometimes make disciples. But if you make disciples, you always make churches. Hello, my name is Randy. And this summer, I got the privilege to go back to Vietnam for a second time. And while we were there, we got to work with the ministry that we helped start back in 2017 called J Club. Their goal is to uh, teach English to those who want to know English and also share Jesus with everyone who comes to the classes. And so while we were there, we got to do various different things. We hosted a English camp for some kids, and we also uh, worked with some orphanage orphanages that the group had started. And did a lot of street evangelism. And every Sunday, we would all meet together at the J Club where they would have a church service for those church, those people of the staff and also any students that wanted to come that they had classes throughout the week. And we'd always get together and worship and pray and seek the Lord together. But then at the end of every service, they like to go out and share the gospel in the community with those people who live around their areas. And this one afternoon we were going out and I was with another student and I was in my group and one of their staff members and we were walking around a lake to try to find people and we saw these two guys walking towards us and 
uh, we tried to stop them and ask them if they spoke any English, and they did not speak English, so we were going to keep walking. But the lady that was with us, she insisted that we keep talking to them. And so we uh, kind of shared our stories with them and listened to them for a little bit. And uh, then we started talking about who Jesus is in our lives and stuff like that. And we got to like share the gospel with them. And um, as we're sharing with them, they were just like listening and nodding their heads. And like we asked them if they wanted to uh, yeah, know the same Jesus that we that I knew and the one that had like changed our lives in a personal way and things like that. And one of the kids was not really interested in what we were saying, but the other guy, he said he was ready to accept Jesus. And we got to like pray with him and like share different things with him about uh, how to continue to his follow Jesus and on his own and things like that. And so we just continued to pray for him throughout our trip that they, they would continue to know God on a more intimate and personal level. And then another time we, uh, so in the evenings we would always teach English at the school. And before that, we decided that we were going to go out into the, the town to kind of find people to talk to. And it's always very quiet in the neighborhood during the afternoon because it's very hot and very humid. And so everybody likes to hide. And so we were just walking around and uh, we walked past this coffee shop that we'd walked past many, many times. And there was this guy outside who was fixing a sign that had blown over in the wind at the coffee shop. And so we went up to him and we said, hey, do you speak any English? And he said, oh, yes, I speak English. And we kind of like talked to him for a little bit and he was working. So we didn't really get to have any deep conversations or anything like that. So we asked him if there would be an opportunity for us to meet with him again. And he said, yeah, let's do that. And so we exchanged information. And a couple days later, got together with him. And he brought his younger brother, or his twin brother, sorry, who also spoke really good English. And we kind of just got to like talk to them a little bit and hear about their lives and ask them about different cultural things in Vietnam and, and things like that. And uh, we asked them if they followed any religion. And they were like, oh, we personally do not, but our family believes in ancestral worship and things like that. And, uh, but we don't, we're not really into that kind of stuff. And so we shared with them about our relationship with God and, and uh, how yeah, God wants and desires relationship with us and things like that. And every time we would try to talk about Jesus, they always wanted to like change the subject. They were always really uncomfortable with us talking about that. And so we didn't really get very far to that first meeting. And uh, so we had to end the meeting and go on about our days. But we really wanted to continue having this conversation with these guys. And so we asked them, again, if there was any way we can get back together and talk to them more. And they said, yeah, we'd love, we'd love to do that. And so about a week later, we got to meet with them again. And again, we were having the same kind of conversations, but they weren't really feeling it. But then eventually, we started talking about the Bible and how it changed our lives and how like God is always speaking through it. And he always reveals new things about who he is in the Bible. And yeah, you can read it many, many times and there'll always be something new. And we were yeah, just sharing all those things with them. And then we asked them if they would like to have a copy of God's word. And they said, oh, yes, I think 
I think we will have a copy of the, the book to kind of see what you are talking about. And so we were able to give them a Bible that day and, uh, yeah, put the, the living word of God in their hands so that they have an opportunity to experience, yeah, the same kind of love that we feel when we read it. Now, they didn't accept Jesus that day, but we know that the Lord is going to continue to work in their hearts and continue to speak to them and, and show them, like, how he loves them and desires the same things for them. And it was just really cool to be able to partner again with this ministry and see how, yeah, God's really been, like, transforming lives through their willingness to like share the gospel and every opportunity that they get and i just want to thank you guys for your prayer and support while we were over there and we could really feel like yeah those prayers working because of your faithfulness in doing that so thank you thank you randy boy it's fun to hear these stories isn't it and we're only halfway through right uh yana bean uh, she and her husband John and uh, several others, they chose uh, to, to bless, uh, to show, take their summer of good works opportunity uh, to bless the, the staff at WJIE. How many of you listen to Christian radio around here, right? Maybe it's one of the first things that come uh, that when you turn on and you get in the car, uh, you turn on WJIE or one of the other uh, radio stations, and you forget what a blessing, right? So we take that for granted, but what a blessing it is to be able to drive anywhere and to be able to hear encouraging music, uh, music that points us to Jesus. And so what Yana and her family did is, Yana shares this, and I'm, I'm sharing uh, on behalf of Yana here. Uh, Yana said, my family and I chose to bless our local Christian radio station. The general manager of WJIE, who is Troy Miles, is a regular customer at Soupy's where Yana works. And so Yana contacted Troy and she told him about our church and our summer emphasis on, on showing good works, on doing good works for God's glory. And Yana said that Troy was excited to be a part of it. And so on Friday, August 5th, Yana and several others took lunch for the staff as a way of, to encourage the staff, took lunch for the staff of WJIE. We served sandwiches and soups and some desserts. They also provided drinks of water bottles and jugs of tea. And to top it off, they even provided soupy gift cards for the staff as well. It's the gift that keeps on giving, right? And so we see behind us is a picture of the group with the staff, and they were happy to be a part of showing appreciation uh, to the local Christian radio station. Uh, WJIE gave a shout out not only to Soupies for the great food uh, over the air, but also to Encounter Church and the impact that they're making to share Christ. And it was a great day, and God gets all the glory for it. And so are you seeing all of these unique ways as we just start to train our minds to think a little bit more intentionally and to say, how can I use this for a good work for God's glory? We have a video that Dave, who uses his gifting uh, in the area of technology, we have a video of some of our summer activities, and uh, I told Marin, I said, boy, I said, whenever I'm having a rough week as a pastor, I'm just going to play this video uh, as a means of encouragement, and Dave did a wonderful job, and after this video, then we've got three more testimonies, Ann Swetnam will come up, and then Bill Reynolds uh, followed by and finishing off with Daniel Sexton. So go ahead and roll the video, Dave.
So, good morning, everybody. When we first heard about the Summer of Good Works, we were very excited that our church is the kind of church that wants to take what we learn in this building and share it with others. The kind of church that desires to practice what they preach, and the kind of church that wants to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those outside this building. So we tried to think of ways that we could make an impact with the resources that God had already given us and the people that we could serve with those. So the Lord reminded me of a ministry that I had worked with years ago called Visiting Angels. And they went into homes and we served people face to face. We actually got to meet people and sometimes share the gospel. I was able to do that several times. So I called them and I asked if they had any clients that could use fans in the heat of summer. And they had several people that were in very much in need of that. So Kaylee and I gathered all the spare change that we had in our house. Um, you can imagine where spare change is found, you know, in the couches and in the laundry room and in the car and drawers. And so we found all those and we sat on our living room floor and we rolled coins into paper sleeves, $120 worth. And so we bought six box fans, and at the time, no store had six box fans, so we had to travel around to get the fans. We loaded them up, and we delivered them to Visiting Angels, and two people received fans that very afternoon. And later that month, our small group had been talking about how we would spend our fifth Wednesday. Since there was an official group meeting, we had talked about renting a movie theater at Escape Theaters and show E.T. for the 40th anniversary. That was Chip's idea. Complete with Reese's Pieces, of course. It was about this time that Roe v. Wade was overturned. So I had started looking for pregnancy centers in Louisville to serve. And I discovered Lifehouse Maternity Home. It was a Christ-centered ministry that loves women in word and deed. And when I say women, I mean girls, too. Their youngest client has been 13. So we decided to take, um, at our movie night, we decided to take a, make it a fundraiser for Lifehouse. So we took up a collection from everyone who attended, and we were able to buy a trunk load of items that we took to Lifehouse the next week. And they were so very thankful to replenish the items that they supplied to their new moms and babies. And I have since toured the facility, I've seen their residents, I've met their their executive director, I have learned their needs and have found several ways that we can help them in the future. So in the big scheme of things, our donations were just a small drop in the bucket. But thanks to Jesus, there's a blessing not only for those who receive, but also for those who do the giving. We are so thankful that our church is a church that follows the example of our Lord Jesus to love and to serve for the glory of God. We thank you that we got to be part of the Summer of Good Works. Hopefully I'll make it through this. My goodness, I didn't know it was going to be this emotional. Oh, well, it's just amazing. I, I wish you guys could have seen uh, your elders and sitting in the sitting next door at Yellow Cactus when this idea just kind of came up, and then it spread like wildfire. And seeing this is just pretty cool. So, uh, my summer of good works was a barbecue. Uh, our neighborhood barbecue. We live on a horseshoe-shaped street. We lived there for 20 years. I may know five neighbors at the most uh, that were there. And so I came up with this idea. So we came up, we made a flyer, we started knocking on doors, went and visited every house. I did not realize how many houses were on my street, so it took me two days because I had to go print more flyers and come around. I got to talk to a bunch of people, and the neat thing that started happening was I saw people walking around our horseshoe carrying this flyer looking for my house. 
because I put my address and my phone number and all these things on it. So we're trying to figure out where this is. And, and then the other neat thing was these people that would walk by with dogs and other things. It wasn't just, oh, that's the two little dog lady or that's bike riding guy or Sean. It was everybody started having names and people would go, oh, you're Bill. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> because I wrote it down on the paper. That's how you know who I am. And so what we did is that we had this cookout. And if you remember, it was in July and we had had great weather all the way up until the day of the cookout and it rained. Uh, but the neat thing about this is that you'll see we had some friends show up with some pop-up shelters. It wasn't the best of circumstances. We put shelters out front. Uh, we borrowed some chairs from the church. Uh, you can see our lovely garage that we did not clean at all because suddenly that became the place to shove all the food uh, in the middle of. Uh, and the other part was is that all of our, I brought all my grills, all my smoking stuff to the front yard because usually that's in our backyard behind fences and people can tell that I'm cooking but they never get to participate. So. The night before, my neighbor came from across the street, came over. We hung out for several hours next to the fire, just talking, being able to have some great conversations about church, about just his relationship with God. And then the next day was all of these people. And so the fruit of this, which still is happening, is that people call each other by name because they got to meet other neighbors. And the thing that warmed my heart the best was that as we were having conversations, it always said, well, you know, the next time we do this, we can do it like this. So thank you guys for your support in this. Thank you for being a part of it. And hey, next year when we do it, you guys can come because we had quite a bit of food, as you can see. So thank you. Good morning, the Coward Church. I wish I could be with you in person today, but God has me currently at Indiana University. A couple of weeks ago, Michael came to me and asked if... I would share a little bit about my summer. Um, as many of you know, over the summer, I served as a staff member at Big Creek Missions. For those that don't know, Big Creek Missions is in Leslie County in central eastern Kentucky. Leslie County and the surrounding counties are among the top 10 poorest counties in America. With that being said, there are a lot of needs in that area, and Big Creek Missions has three ministries to help tackle those. A construction ministry, a kids' ministry that runs day camps and after-school programs for kids in the area, and a community ministry that helps fill in the gaps doing everything from food trucks to food pantries and yard work. For most of the summer, I was the leader of a food truck that delivered food to kids in Clay County. Every summer, Big Creek Missions has the amazing opportunity to distribute the government's free lunch to every kid we can find. On a typical day, we would individually wrap all the meals, pack them in coolers and crates, and load them up in a small turtle bus or 15-passenger van, and head out. Every day, my food truck took the same route around the county, so I got to see many of the kids daily. While all this was a good thing, it led to probably one of the biggest struggles I faced over the summer. Since the route was the same nearly every day, I often found myself going into an autopilot and forgetting that I was doing this for God's glory that the whole reason why I was out on the food truck every day was to, yes, provide food for the kids, but it was more importantly to show them the love of Christ, and I couldn't do that if I was mentally checked out. I had to constantly fight to be fully engaged in the moment, but despite my flaws, God in His grace did some amazing things. So a little over halfway through the summer, one of the ladies on the route asked that we pray for God to provide for her. She was an older single lady who was taking care of her special needs son, who loved dogs. So they had nine. And it made him so happy to see the dogs running around and to pet them. However, the older lady couldn't afford to keep all nine. 
so she tried to sell some behind her son's back. And of course he noticed. She told me that that's the most distraught she has ever seen him. So she bought the dog's back. Shortly afterwards, I was handing her the meal for her son, and she said, I need you to pray for me. I go to church, but lately I don't know what God's doing. I'm providing for my son, but I don't know how I'm going to keep doing it with all nine dogs. So I had the opportunity to pray for her right there. Afterwards, I got back in the bus and told the volunteers that were with me that day about the conversation I just had. And one of the ladies in the bus said that someone at her church had given her $50 to help someone in the community. And she looked at me and said, I think I know where I'm going to spend that $50. So later in the week, we were able to buy 48 pounds of dog food for the lady on the route. When we delivered it, she broke into tears and said that she was starting to fret that one of the dogs would die. But then you came and dropped off all of this. And I said, no, I didn't do anything. God did this. He answered your prayer. However, with every encouraging story I could tell, there are twice as many in which I did not get to see the resolution. I could tell you story after story of kids in incredibly rough situations that didn't get better or people's needs that weren't met. And I saw them nearly every day for 10 weeks, knowing that all I could do was pray and trust that God had a plan for that kid. That's definitely one area where God grew me a lot just trusting Him, knowing that His plan is better, even when I can't see it. He is working, and He is good. That's pretty much all I have to say, but I want to leave you with a reminder. It's something that we told the volunteers that came in every week. Their week at Big Creek Missions, we used to call it the practice run, where there are fewer distractions and you have staff to help drive you in the right direction. The real challenge, the real test, comes when you go back home because the cares of the world start to beat against you and it's easy to become complacent and reactive instead of proactive. It's easy to fall back into your old habits and continue living like everyone else. But we aren't like everyone else and we have a hope inside of us that should not be contained. Just like a week at Big Creek Missions, the summer of good works for God's glory has been a practice run for y'all. You have pushed each other and encouraged each other and done some amazing things. But now the real game begins, where you have the opportunity to continue this throughout the rest of the year and the rest of your life. Why should the school year and the rest of the years after this look any different than what y'all did this summer when the same God still lives in us? So as a brother in Christ, I implore you to continue the good work that God has started this summer. Thank you, Count Church, and I can't wait to see y'all in the future. Wow, that was good, right? A practice run, Daniel. I felt, um, it seems like Daniel uh, concluded with a wonderful challenge to us as a church family. Uh, I hope your wheels are turning now and thinking of ways. <laughs> Some of you all need to stop tearing up. <laughs> um, are thinking of ways that we can continue this, this good work uh, for God's glory. And um, it was fun to do that, and let's continue. And uh, we like to conclude our service often with uh, communion, remembering the Lord's table. Sorry, I'm a, a, a little bit of a mess here. Um, 
we conclude with the Lord's table because um, it points us to the greatest work, the work of Jesus Christ there on the cross for us. And these works that this summer we participated in, and hopefully works that we're thinking about doing as well in the future, uh, these works, we do them so that we would point other people to Jesus who's done the greatest work. And I thought about this, right, in, in Ephesians where Paul says that we don't boast in our own works, that, that we're saved through faith, not in our own works, because the work of Jesus Christ takes away any need for us to boast, because this is a free gift of salvation that's been given to us, that we didn't earn this. And so we're not earning our favor, earning God's favor or, or his salvation through this. We're just merely letting people see the great work of Jesus Christ there on the cross through our efforts. And so I invite you, if you're a member of God's family, to go ahead and grab your elements of communion and that we might be able to remind ourselves of the work of Jesus Christ there on the cross. Jesus, on that night that he was betrayed, he took the bread that was sitting there and he broke it and he looked around the table with his disciples there and he broke it and he said this is my body that's broken for you and he said eat this in remembrance of me and so we do we eat this as a very physical way to remember the work of Christ there on the cross and I invite you to do that now And Jesus then took the cup and he said, this is my blood that's poured out for you. And Jesus invites us to drink this in remembrance of his work, of his blood that's shed there on the cross. And would you drink with me? And let's pray, shall we? Lord, we do thank you for the work of your son, Jesus, there on the cross. Father, we thank you that salvation is found in no one else. That there's no work that we can do to earn your favor. Father, that by faith in what Jesus has done already for us, that we are forgiven of our sins and we are given new life, that Jesus Christ now lives within us. And Father, I just ask, uh, Lord, for your uh, continued, um, that you would continue to lead us into good works. And Father, this, uh, this time, this really sweet time that we've had here this morning, uh, Father, that it would be a motivator to us to go and, and continue these works. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for your work on the cross of, of Calvary, that you have rescued us from our sin. And God, I pray that you would help us now to declare this and show it to others also. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.